Hello, my hands. Welcome to Girl Group Gossip, the podcast where we gossip with all the girls. Yes, look who it is. Well, listen to who it is. It is me, your mediocre queen from Essex. Sure, all here for Girl Group Gossip, where each week we will dissect and discuss a girl group. Mm-hmm. So, you ready this week? Okay, divas. So today on Girl Group Gossip, we're going to be diving straight into it. No loop needed. We're just diving straight in with the girl bands. Now, we all love girl bands and girl groups. I mean, we all know I love my girl groups, but there's something that resonates with all of us with a certain girl band. And to be honest, to kick off this podcast, I think it's only best that we do a general roundup on our favorite girl groups. Now, there is a certain girl that is near and dear to my heart and you saw our relationship on Drag Race UK. So without further ado, please welcome my sister. It's only Blue Hydrangea. Oh, well, what's the crack? <laughs> How are you, Diva? I am great. Thank you so much for inviting me to your lovely, gorgeous podcast. Well, girl, I couldn't have my first podcast and not have you on it. I know I am part of most, one of the most iconic girl bands ever in the whole history of the UK and the world. Wow, well, here we go. <laughs> and it's not Phil Harmony. The Frog Destroys. Yes, we get it. <laughs> yeah, justice for Phil Harmony, honestly. But how have you been? I mean, it's been months since I've seen you, but how are you? I'm fine. I'm just putting in the time, doing some jigsaws and... Um, doing some projects, you know, like working away. It's quite nice because you get to spend a lot of time doing what you love, like your art, and it's not um, being put off by, like, travel or anything. Um, although I do love the travel, but, yeah. How have you been? Good, I've been good. I mean, our house isn't the biggest of the houses, so we are running out of space very quickly, and I think my fiancé is going to strangle me any day now. But it's all good because, you know what, we're just cracking on, like, like you said, like we're working on projects, we're keeping ourselves busy, booked and blessed from the comfort of our <laughs> own homes. But like, I don't know how you do br- bloody jigsaws because honestly, I don't have the attention span for them. Oh my goodness. Well, I have about nine that I have finished. They're just sitting in the corner. I will send them over and you and Hayden will either love them and it will strengthen your relationship or it will end in tears. <laughs> I think it's going to end in tears. <laughs> <laughs> I have also, you know who I've been listening to a lot, and I know this is going to sound like a pure bum lick, but I've been listening to Jan's jukeboxes, like, lots. Oh my god. She is literally such a talent. I can't get over her. My twin. Yeah, she is. And she actually reminds us, like, me a lot of, like, both of us. If we were put together in, like, a queen, I feel like it would be her. But she also has, like, some of Davina's, like, dancing and, and singing and stuff. Um, she's she's just she's just a super force talent. <laughs> she is. She's so good. I'm so glad she's bringing out these little things, even from quarantine. Um, I would perform them on the road because they, what they feel like to me is like gay remixes of things, and it's great. Yeah, one hundred percent. Do you know what? I can't listen to Doula Peeps. Don't start. Na- I can't even call her her real name after somebody told me her nickname. <laughs> Doula Leaper. There we go. No, <laughs> but like I can't listen to Don't Start Now anymore without hearing Jan's riff because she's like if you don't want to see me just with somebody I'm like oh my goodness I thought Jan was in the chat oh piss off (laughs) (laughs) Jan's just slid into our podcast maybe we could get her on one day yeah she would actually be able to like she would have a good um knowledge of of music and girl bands but i have to say she is actually in a girl group as well oh yeah she is stephanie's child who are amazing oh yeah all of them are such talented do you know what i have to say if there was one skill that i could add to my very limited skill set it would be able to sing because i i love to sing yeah doesn't mean that i can sing so I, it's just one of those things that I just love to be able to turn up to a show and just be like, surprise, motherfuckers, look. Yeah, oh my goodness, it would be amazing. And, and like, you hear people serenade their loved ones with song and you're just like, I wish I could just even sing like a fraction of that. Imagine me coming out like an opera singer. Yeah, I could see it. <laughs> Nissan Dorma, Nissan Dorma. <laughs> I hope we have the rights for that. (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) I mean, it's quite funny because a lot of people are like, 
Oh, live singers. Oh, my God. And I'm just like, I would love to just come out one day and just be able to go, well, I could do it too, bitches. I, um, I must admit, singing into a microphone is really intimidating. I've had to do it with the Frock Destroyers, and it is so out of my comfort zone. It is so out of my comfort zone. And I like like that song, you don't even really sing. So I don't know what it would be like standing in front of a load of people proper belting out those big notes well lots of people said to me like when our girl group episode came out on drag race they were like why didn't you like attempt to sing like crystal and i was like firstly i know and secondly (laughs) (laughs) secondly i was like look i have been doing shit this entire time i'm just gonna play to my strengths and just camp it up so i was like i'm gonna semi talk semi sing semi rap I mean, I don't think you could do a three three way semi, but here we are. And I was just like, I'm just gonna have fun with this. But yeah, you killed it. I think everyone thought that you were like the standout star of that episode. People were like, She deserves a badge and I'm like, Yes, but the other girls deserved a badge more than me because you guys killed that challenge. I just literally remember you coming out like as a vision of white from the back of the stage in that gorgeous white jumpsuit and your big gorgeous hair and just your teeth and you were just like giving it the like the Cheryl Hall treatment, it was fierce. Well, it was me and my element. Like, I have to say, that is what I, whenever I do a live show, I always picture I'm like on like a world tour. And I think growing up, going to concerts of all these girl groups and like always wanting to be like them, but never knowing how I could. And then drag showed me that I could do that. Every time I went on stage, I was like, well, here I am at the O2 Arena performing to 20,000 people. I know it literally drag race has actually given us the ability to to be like the stars that we see and it's cool isn't it oh my god you know what you know about DragCon UK when we came out and we performed I mean you performed with the frog destroyers and I I did my own little ditties and you walked out and you just saw the sea of people that went to the back of the room and up in the balcony I was like wow, this is my O2 arena right now. I am, <laughs> like, in my element. And I heard that you killed that stage, like, murdered it. Well, in the words of Sophie Ellis-Bexter, it's murder on the dance floor. <laughs> the real tea is that Sophie Ellis-Bexter's Instagram is lit and she has been giving you concerts from her living room and her kids are running around oh my God. going wild and she is singing murder on the dance floor right in the middle of them and it's great. I've got a story for you. So back in 2018, I did a a corporate gig for like a pre-Pride party (laughs) and they wanted two drag performers and they wouldn't tell me who the special guest was. And then all of a sudden, Sophie Ellis-Bexter walks down the staircase and I was like, oh, oh, the party don't start till she walks in. And I was like, this is fucking brilliant. And then she looked at me and she went, show hope. No, she knew who you were. Yeah. Well, I think I think the party people had told them, like, oh, you've got two other drag queens here. She is, like, one of those icons that's, like, low-key, like, really subtle. Like, um, I can't even think of someone else. I feel like Dua Lipa was even a little bit, like, low-key subtle until, like, this last few albums. I don't know why. Yeah, it's like she came out with new rules. Yeah. And then, and then the other songs, like, were bops, but they didn't really take off, like, new rules. And then all of a sudden, she came back with, like, she dyed hair blonde and then she was like, the diva has arrived. Yeah. I don't know why she's JC now, but the diva's arrived. Like, you know of all these like stars like Gaga and stuff and they have their like personality as well as their songs. But her music for a while was just good. But then she's like... Oh, and she can dance now. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean... One kiss is all it takes. <laughs> I mean, we're on a podcast. <laughs> We've all seen the meet. So you can't see me dancing right now. <laughs> but Blue... I think it's time to get down to business. Now, we're here because this is called Girl Group Gossip, and we've gossiped, but I think it's time that we get down to the girl groups now. So, see, as this is the first episode of Girl Group Gossip with Cheryl Hall, my name is Cheryl Hall, and I'm here to make it clear, um, we are going to discuss our top five girl groups, just to have a general roundup. So, obviously, I feel like we should start at number five. So, who is... Your fifth favorite girl group. Now, I made this list because you you pre warned me make a list of of five girl groups or whatever that are like my top five. And this these girls were higher in my list until last night, where I messaged you saying that they were on my list, and you said we're going to need to discuss this. So I then put them down at the bottom because I was afraid that you were going to um, shade me for having these people on my list. 
And my top, my fifth girl group is the Cheeky Girls. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I shade you over the Cheeky Girls? Because I don't know if two people can be a girl group, I suppose. Are they a group of girls? Are they? Anything, well, you could argue this. In my eyes, if it's more than one person, it's a group. Okay. Okay. So the Cheeky Girls are 100% an iconic girl they group. Are, they... For the people that don't know the Cheeky Girls, Blue, could you just describe them? Because I have no words to describe them. So they are two women, twins, with questionable haircuts that brought out bops in the early 2000s that are played still to this day in TV nightclubs. And that's it. So they were on a TV show in the UK called Pop Stars. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Wow. I do not know my history like you. So they they went on to audition and they went and auditioned with their original song, which was the cheeky song. <laughs> and, <it> was like... <laughs> Wait, and then and then in, in parentheses, touch my bum. <laughs> yes, exactly that. And it's like, touch my bum, this is life in gold little hot pants. I mean, <laughs> yes. They're from Romania and they moved to the UK. You know the team? Oh my goodness. It is girl groups. <laughs> why would why wouldn't I know my girl groups, Blue? <laughs> but they moved to the UK. Well, I thought this was going to be like a wild card. Well, you know, you're throwing a spanner and I caught the spanner and uh, I'm doing some work that people that know how to use spanners do but they are truly iconic but there is a queen in brighton called rococo chanel and she does a tribute to the cheeky girls but she uses that song from chicago where it's like my sister and i had an act that never failed (laughs) so she cuts it with like you know it goes like she went (laughs) and it's like a dance break but she cuts in with all the cheeky girls songs So she has like the Cheeky Girls Cheeky song. And then it's the Cheeky Holiday. (laughs) And then she gets pom-poms out. Oh my goodness. If you haven't seen it, please look it up on YouTube. Yes. She is an icon. And like, I feel like the Cheeky Girls are so underrated because I don't want to say they're bad. I'd say they're a bit naff. But you know when naff is like iconic? Yeah, they're like, um, yeah, like they're fun uh, and camp and cheese. And that's why I love them. And you can play them at any nightclub with a gay person in it and the place will be lit. I mean, there's going to be the odd person that's like, why the hell are you playing this? Where's my house music? But I would be like, if I had a room full of, like, you know, in nightclubs, they have like three different rooms. Yeah. I would always go to the cheese room. Oh, absolutely. I think the 2000s were all about cheese. And they're just iconic. And that's the best thing. And, and we still love it to this day. I feel like they are also allies for our community because they have been to more prides across the UK than I have. They perform at every single Pride event. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> and their mum is such like a Chris Jenner momager that she's there like at all the sound checks. She makes sure all their rides are there and she watches the side of stage. Like she might as well just be filming going, you're doing amazing, sweetie. <laughs> have you met them? I could have met them when I did a gig at Mighty Hoopla, but we were on the hunt down for Nicola Roberts. <laughs> oh, tea. She DM'd us and was like, girl, I'm at my hoopla as well. Let's finally meet because uh, I'm not sure if you're aware I am in a, a drag tribute band to Girls Aloud called Gals Aloud. And we were performing and we were like, well, we obviously have to go say hello to Nicola if she's here as well. And did you meet her? Yeah. Oh my gosh. She was so sweet, but I think she was just like, oh, oh, this is happening. Hello, girls. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually met three members of Girls Aloud. I'm working on two more. I've met two. I've met Nadine and Cheryl, which obviously you've met them both too, right? Did a birth 15th of the 685, make a mate a Gemini. <laughs> I couldn't do, I can't do a really good Nadine like you. Yours is better than mine. And I'm from Northern Ireland, so. I mean, <laughs> it's, I can only do like the small little <laughs> clips and segments from her stint on pop stars. I think that's all she has really on Flyer. Bacon and working with Flyer. And then when she was at V-Fest, I actually witnessed... Actually, we should really discuss this when we get to them, because... Yes, I was going to say, we're off topic already, and we... (laughs) (laughs) Like, like we keep going off a topic. We're like Miley Cyrus. Can't be tamed, can't be blamed. Okay, so my top five... The Saturdays. Now, Ooh. I feel like people forget about the Saturdays all the time, but they did not have a flop hit at all. They're iconic. Didn't they do 
jam? Or is that Girls Alive? That was Girls Alive, for goodness sake. What's the other one that's a cover that they did? Oh my god, you're testing me now. Oh yeah, they did Just Can't Get Enough. Just Can't Get Enough, that's great, that's iconic. I remember having a McDonald's toy that you press the button and that played. <laughs> oh my god, it was like the, the MP3s and I would always like, because I think by this point I was a fat child. Oh no! So like I had moved on to the adult meals <laughs> by this point because I needed filling up. So whenever we'd get a McDonald's, I would always go to my sister. I was like, if you get the girls allowed MP3, you're going to give it to me. And obviously Sissy Hall was like, I want it. <laughs> you're, is she in the girl band? She's a fan. She's a fan. We've gone to many a concert together. Yeah. But I don't think she's like an avid fan like me. I don't think anybody is quite to the extent <laughs> of my obsession with girl groups. But the Saturdays were iconic. They were. I Yeah, I remember lots of their music. And um, some of them have gone off to have like solo careers and stuff like that, haven't they? I think a lot of people forget that Molly King was in the Saturdays before she was like huge on Radio 1 and presenting and doing stuff. Mm, yeah. And, uh, and Rochelle too. Rochelle, yeah. But what about their music? I can't even really remember their songs. You're going to have to like... Okay, so you've got the iconic ones from the early era, which is like... I'll go... Up, 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 yeah, I remember that, actually. I think one of my all-time favourite Saturday songs is All Fired Up. Oh, of course. Imagine that as a lip-sync song. Oh, yeah, of oh, my goodness. It's almost like girl bands just cater to, like, the gay community. <laughs> because every single song that you're playing, I've heard in a nightclub whenever I've been absolutely off my titties um, and just living on up and all fired up. Yeah, and do you remember when they got, like, very, like, popular that they started, like, collaborating with people like Flowrider and Sean Paul. No! What what songs are these? Oh, my God. So they did a, like, version of their song. So, like, obviously, I love girl bands. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just going to keep saying that. So, like, I would, I would know the album tracks just as the album tracks before they released it as a single. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's like when Little Mix, I knew Power before they did it like a collaboration with Stormzy and every time I heard the Stormzy version I was like ah no I want the album version and and the bridge in in uh, power par it's really good it's like my favorite bridge I remember on Drag Race I can't remember who it was that was like I don't know this version what is this like middle eighth bit and I was like get in the bin <laughs> do you did you think we were going to be rapping to the Stormzy version <laughs> Oh my goodness. Did they learn the lyrics for the for the, the rap? Well, it, it was probably Bagger because she never learned the lyrics, did she? Oh my goodness, not at all. <laughs> I would love to have seen her rendition of Call My Name. <laughs> <laughs> With the duck on her head. <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah. But no, like, so I remember I actually preferred the version of What About Us by the Saturdays with the Sean Paul, because I, I love any, anything Sean Paul. Sean Paul, summer give it to, summer give it to. <laughs> what was that? You know when Sean Paul, he just like mumbles, doesn't he? The Saturdays, Sean Paul, summer give it to. This is taking a turn. <laughs> I think I'm just exposing all my live vocals talents on this podcast now. You are going to have a recording contract by the end of this. I love it. I mean, if, uh, <laughs> I don't know, Sony Records want to pick this up and record an album with me, I'm quite happy to. <laughs> I forgot about What About Us as well, actually. They have some bops. I knew that they were, like, iconic, like, low-key, but I didn't quite know iconic music that they produced. So I got invited to go see the Saturdays in concert and it was like their final concert. I think it was in 2015 or 14. And I... Invited? Well, I say, I say invited. I'm, I'm making it... My friend has an extra ticket. Oh. <laughs> I'm trying to make it grander than it is. But no, my friend had an extra ticket. And at the time, I was at university working at TGI Fridays and they wouldn't let me have the shift off to go to the concert. And I was like, Susan, are you not going to let me have the shift off? when I could be seeing the Saturdays second row right now. And did you not get it off? You had to miss it. I had to be dishing out steaks and sesame chicken strips to people instead of seeing the Saturdays. <laughs> oh no, I'm gutted for you. Do, do you want a Coke refill? No, go away. <laughs> if she could only see you now as the icon you are, she would have given you that day off. I know. But instead, I remember when I worked at TGI Fridays because everybody was like... <sighs> 
there's a birthday on table 67 can you go do it for me and i was like here we go and you know at tgi's they do the big birthday song yeah do you have to do it yeah i had to do like 27 birthdays in a shift but it got to a point where i was like if you want me to do your section's birthdays you're gonna tip me out at the end of the shift (laughs) is this how you got your major move into the entertainment industry (laughs) <laughs> well, Diva, I've been in the entertainment industry from my living room at six years old. So <laughs> I have always been a performer, running around in my mum's heels, going, I want to be a sports girl. And now you're in your living room again, still performing and working it out because of Corona. <laughs> still performing. It's, it's, it's like a 360. It's gone full circle. I'm back in the living room going, spice up your life. <laughs> oh, my goodness, T. Okay, right. I feel like we've covered the Saturdays now, so shall we move on to Blue's top four girl band? My next one is Atomic Kitten. Oh my god. It's another very UK one, right? I don't know whether we've been biased because we're from the UK, but I just felt like in the era of the 2000s, UK girl groups were taking over. Yeah, and I feel like that is just like the soundtrack of my youth, especially some of these songs like Hooligan, The Tide Is High. They're iconic. I remember I gagged when the Lizzie McGuire movie used Atomic Kittens' The Tide Is High in the opening sequence. (laughs) Did it? I didn't know that. Sing to me, Paolo. That is so funny. I'm almost sure that they attempted to get into the US charts at some point too. They probably did, but obviously not with Kerry Katona. Uh, No, no, I wouldn't say so. Who also is part of the reason why why Atomic Kitten are just as iconic as they are. Totally. I mean, Bagger even did it on um, Bloody Drag Race when she was like, Pro Ring, one pound, when every bloody celebrity was doing Iceland adverts on the TV. Is this how Kerry Katona became famous? Would you, like, with your plethora of knowledge, would you know? So she left Atomic Kitten very early on in their career. I can't remember the exact reason, but I know it was quite funny because it came up on Twitter the other day, like a meme of her announcing that she's leaving the band. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I looked it up on, on Wikipedia and apparently she she did become famous because of Atomic Kitten. So this started her career. And I just remember the music vi- video for The Tides High so vividly because Jenny Frost was so heavily pregnant, dancing around like, The tide is high with my nine, mump bump. <laughs> <laughs> That's just, that was just the one where they're like fading in and out of like shot, aren't they? It's like a white background and they're just like dramatically fading in and out. No, that was whole again. Oh, I can't remember Tide is High then. It was like, it was like, it looks, it looks like a club. It was like a club scene. It was very blue, pink. Oh, okay, yes. Oh my goodness, she is very heavily pregnant. And the worst thing about it is that she's just wearing like little skimpy outfits. Honestly, the early 2000 music videos were iconic because they just literally looked like they went to Peacock's or New Look and just grabbed a t-shirt and jeans and was like, this is the look for the music video. Our outfits are like crop tops, but they're only crop tops because they were bought for her that would like fit her before her pregnancy. (laughs) And they're like lifting up around the bum. (laughs) I think everybody forgets that there was two versions of Hole Again. And they did one with Kerry Katona, then Kerry Katona left the band, then they filmed another one with Jenny Frost in. I am almost 100% sure that they tried to take that, the second recording to the US market. So maybe some people might know in the US who Atomic Kitten are. I feel like some like super gays would be like, I remember them because I'd, I, I always thought that Girls Aloud were huge, like worldwide superstars and then people were like who <laughs> i remember when i saw lizzie mcguire movie and atomic kitten the tightest high was in that i was like oh well they're obviously doing huge success over there so maybe that was maybe that was what cracked the u.s market for them yeah and, and their music isn't like the general girl group music that we know today it's very like mellow it's very chill oh yeah yeah what would you say your favorite song of theirs is uh, it has to be whole again, and um, you, I feel like the only thing that secures this is that Bagger sings a really funny version of it, and it just has brought it. Like before, I would have only listened to it on occasion, but being on tour with Bagger, you hear it every single night, and you know it is just a great song that I hope they're still get royal getting royalties for because they deserve it. And I mean, you can fit 
I am Cheryl Hole again into it as well. <laughs> I didn't even think of that, but that just makes it even better. What's your favourite song of theirs? Do you know what? I think I, I find it so funny that Atomic Kitten's biggest hits were all covers of other songs. <laughs> <laughs> so they had The Tide Is High, Blondie. They had Hole Again, another cover, and Eternal Flame. Oh, yes! I forgot about Eternal Flame. But I feel like that is just, uh, that these are just women after a drag queen's heart because us as drag queens, we just rip off other people's music all the time. So, I mean, them doing this was like before their time and that's why they appeal to me as a drag queen as well, you know? I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure all these girl groups were to blame for me and my obsession with wanting to perform <laughs> because I was just constantly watching them going, I want to do that. And then obviously now I'm just lip syncing to all their music 24-7. Absolutely. At 26 years old. What is your number four girl band? Okay, we are diving across the pond to the US and I'm probably going to get strangled for putting them at number four but my number four is Destiny's Child. Oh, well, they're not even on mine. So if you're going to get strangled, then I'm going to get like <laughs> hunted down. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a witch hunt for you for not putting Destiny's Child on your list. But no, I love Destiny's Child. They are good. I forgot about them. I mean, I have to say that there was something that resonated with everybody. I love how there's so many memes, even to this day, where people are like, I'm the Beyonce, you're the Kelly, and you're definitely the Michelle. <laughs> I was per Michelle in Rich UK. <laughs> you literally was. And look where that ended you. <laughs> I know. And it's just, I, I, it is so iconic that like Beyonce was like the star and, and the other two were just like her skivvies. I remember being a very young boy and watching the music channels when they were huge, because I feel like like MTV and VH1 have sort of like fizzled out now with the age of technology. But I remember... Well, except for Drag Race whenever it's on VH1, but yeah. (laughs) Of course. But (laughs) I remember watching the music videos and like you could always text in to request a music video. So you'd be like 101 for, I don't know, Stomp by Steps. (laughs) And 102 for Crazy Frog. (laughs) (laughs) Get in the bin. Get in the bin right now. But I remember... Destiny's Child come back after their little hiatus and they came back with um, Lose My Breath and they were in that alleyway doing that dance off with themselves. And I went, how did they do that? This was before I knew about like video editing and like <laughs> cross-fading of the screens. So I was like, how are they in that outfit? But they're in that outfit there as a 10-year-old boy going, eh? <laughs> I didn't know that they had a split. They took a long break whilst Beyonce did her solo career, quote unquote. Oh, was this like, so they did like Bootylicious and then had like a five-year break? Yeah, so they did Independent Woman, Survivor, Bootylicious, that era, and then they had a break. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So Beyonce did Goldmember, the iconic Austin Powers movie, (laughs) and then she released Crazy in Love. We better work it out! And then they came back in 2005 with their album Destiny Fulfilled. But, like, I, I think that was my favourite Destiny's Child era because they had, like, the filthy bops, but they also had, like, the ballads. So it was like, girl, I remember you crying and need somebody to talk to. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. What is your favourite song of theirs? Do you know what? Whenever I used to DJ, because I don't really DJ anymore now, I would always play Bootylicious and, like, you know the girls in the club, you know them very well, that they hear a song and they're like, ah, oh my god, oh my god, it's my soul girl! And it was just such an easy play. It's, it's very reminiscent with the way people react to Crazy in Love. You hear that initial bit and people go, oh yeah. Yeah. I remember being at university and all the boys were sat in the shared kitchen watching it on the TV for the football and I walked into the kitchen in my dressing gown at one o'clock in the morning. I went, is it the Beyonce showtime now? <laughs> that is just like, yeah, art imitating life. I was just going to say the reason that they're not on my list is because I feel like their music is so good. And that it's so widely played that it was like always there. I don't know if that makes sense. But, do you know, it was like overexposed to me. So like it was almost like I was taking them for granted. 
I get what you mean. Like when something is so good, you feel like, oh, well, I love the naff. So I'm going to stick with that. Yeah, I just took I took them for granted and I didn't appreciate what they were doing for me. But now, in hindsight, after even just talking about the music with you, like you do realize how prominent they are in history. And um... I remember watching the Charlie's Angels movie and then they did the iconic music video for Independent Woman. And I was just like, I want to be in this movie. I want to be a Charlie's Angel. I quite liked Bugaboo. Oh, which, and I think I just like it because of its name. And what what does even Bugaboo mean? Because I looked it up. Apparently it's a buggy for like a pram for children. Because <laughs> you're a Bugaboo. A Bugaboo. Actually, that makes sense. It's like a metaphor, isn't it? Yeah, Bugaboo. Diving in deep with the conspiracy theories of Destiny's Child. Wow. Cheryl uncovering the secrets of, of age-old Destiny's Child songs. I just love the old videos of Destiny's Child when they were like, there was two other members before Michelle. And <laughs> Beyonce would just not have it with those girls. And then all of a sudden they disappeared and then Michelle popped up and then they were roaring hits. I do think Michelle is like, everyone like discredits her, but she is like the, the cherry on top because if it wasn't for her, we would not have all these YouTube videos of her falling and of Beyonce side-eyeing her and all these moments that are just, like, there for us to enjoy now, you know? <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I am the Beyonce, but most of the time I feel like the Michelle. That is your career on Drag Race, the Michelle. <laughs> Mama. The Michelle of season one. <laughs> oh, it actually kind of works out because Maga could be the Michelle and then Davina with her red hair could be the K- Kelly and then that makes Vivian Beyonce. And then we're Latavia and the other one. Oh my god, we are. <laughs> we didn't make the cup. Blue, what is your top three girl group? Okay, now I know that this one is going to be higher on your list by far, probably. Uh, and you're going to kill me probably for saying them. But my number three is Girls Aloud. <laughs> How dare you put Girls Aloud at number three? They are the number one in my heart. Honestly, I, I feel like my top three are like all very high placers and it was very tight. They all shape me as a gay person. Oh, 100%. Like, I wouldn't be sitting here today, the boy that I am. I mean, girl, whatever whatever you want to describe me as, I am very open. But I wouldn't be who I am without all these girl groups, especially the three that I'm guessing we're about to discuss. Yeah, <laughs> What is your number three? My number three is probably going to be controversial, but I could not. I I class this top five as like an equal playing field for me. So my number three is Little Mix. Oh, okay. They're my number two. So we'll talk about them now. Perfect. So Little Mix came into the game. Remember that when they stepped onto the scene, I was like, they're here. Because at this time, this is when... Girls Aloud had disbanded. Yeah. And the Saturdays were on a mini hiatus, I believe, at this time. So there was a gap in the UK market for a new girl group. And I feel like there wasn't any fresh talent at that time. It's quite funny because a lot of these girl groups are formed on reality TV shows. Yeah. Yeah, they were on The X Factor. And they prove everybody wrong because their talent outweighs a reality TV show. And and they they are funny because they actually weren't even a, like a girl group whenever they entered the X Factor. They were put together by, was it Simon or someone? Exactly. Simon wasn't on the judging panel. It was uh, Talisa, the, uh, the lady boss. Well, there we go. It's quite funny how they were thrown into this. They went to judges' houses. They were like, right, you're a group now. Work together. And then before they knew it, they were like, oh, bitch, we're here to slay. They they won. They literally won the whole season. Yeah. And I think they were the first group to win the X Factor. Very deserving winners, though. They've gone on to have like a huge career. Probably like it's outlasted every single other winner that I can think of. And I think Little Mix's take on music at the time was just so fresh and resonated with everyone. I just became obsessed with them. They're still really fresh. And they appeal to like a good chunk of the generations like very young people but like i still love them and um would bop to them oh my god have you ever seen little mix live i haven't i don't think so i went to their last tour <laughs> <Stop it. laughs> honestly it's quite funny how their last album they went from like 
oh, we're very good pop princesses to like, oh, we're filthy bitches now. Yeah. Jessie was dry humping the floor and we had a row of like six-year-olds in front of us. We were like, oh my God, cover their eyes. (laughs) (laughs) One of my like favorite things about them as well is that they just love drag. They absolutely love drag. They've had drag queens in their um, videos. I mean, um, Jade was on our season. And whenever we talked to Jessie at the NTAs, she knew who we were. Oh, she, I was like, oh, fellow Essex girls got to stick together. <laughs> yeah. Like, that is just cool to me that they are like worldwide phenomenons and they just know and love drag. Honestly. What would you say your favourite Little Mix song is? Because I've got one. Oh, well, I have a special place in my heart for Black Magic after we did the season one tour and... Um, I did my number. Your Harry Potter number. Yeah, but they, like all of their music is so good. What's your favourite? When we went to Drag Race and we found out that we were lip syncing to power, I was like, this is my favourite, favourite Little Mix song. Yeah, it is great. Actually, shout out to my ex is really good too. Yeah, because it's just like, I love a song with a massive fuck you in the message. It's just like, you can piss off. And I think shout out to my ex did that. I think they're all just good, to be fair. Touch is good. I think that album onwards was them being like, yeah, we're not going to cater to like kiddie friendly pop anymore. We're going to be the down and dirty bitches that we want to be. Yeah. I feel like their era that they started their career with had grown up enough to be able to, you know, cope with the more adult content. Yeah. And um, they're like actual like personalities too. And like, especially the UK. Like, Jessie just did that documentary with BBC, and then Jade did, like, the thing. They can do separate things, and, and we still love them as much as, as together. Do you know what I think my favourite thing about Little Mix is? Is they all have equal singing time on their tracks. Mm. It's very well distributed between the four of them. Because, you know, on, like, I have to say, in the early days of Girls Aloud, it seemed to be Nadine, mainly, then Cheryl, the next one, and then Kimberly, Sarah, and... <laughs> the Pussycat Dolls were just as bad. Well, the Pussycat Dolls were Nicole Scherzinger. I know. <laughs> I know we're going off topic here, but I have to say my favourite moment of the Pussycat Dolls is when <laughs> Melody tries to out-riff <laughs> Nicole Scherzinger on this live performance. Nicole just gives her daggers. Oh, yes. You know she was like <laughs> like Ben Mitchell in EastEnders. You need smacking down. In the dressing room after that. Doesn't she walk off and then walk back on and then try and do it? <laughs> she keeps coming back for more. She's like, yeah. <laughs> that's the worst part. I'm like, girl, you could tell she was pissed that day. So that's your number three, <laughs> Little Mix. They're great. It's my number two. So what's your number two then? My number two is probably going to be quite controversial because everybody's, it's most people's number ones, but my number two is the Spice Girls. And it is my number one. So, yeah. Well, we, we better dive in. So, the Spice Girls. The moment I knew I was gay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, like, started the, the girl band phenomenon. They started the girl band of our generations. I suppose, yeah. But, yeah, the Spice Girls are iconic. And, again, each and every single one of them had a different personality. Works for all people because then everyone relates to someone. And... Their music was great and still can't be classics that we play to this day. Who was the Spice Girl you resonated with the most? Because there was one that I was always like, I'm her. Okay, you go first. So I, from day dot, was always Baby Spice. Like, I just love to be cute, innocent, but really I was like, ha if, if we were ever doing like shows as the Spice Girls, I was always Baby Spice and she was my favourite until... Recently, they did like the reunion tour and my favourite had to be uh, Mel C because she was out singing them all. She was out dancing them all and she looked really hot and it was great. Oh, Mel C, I have to say, every band has the the vocalist that kills and destroys all the other members but still manages to make it seem like a group. And Mel C was always the singer in the Spice Girls, in my opinion. Yeah, she's like the silent but deadly fart, like just comes up, creeps on you and, and leaves. <laughs> but yeah. Lingers in the room for a bit. I feel like the others have really great qualities too. Like Mel B is now like, she's like a walking meme. Yeah, I did Celebrity Juice with Mel B. I remember when I was at university, 
one of my friends was at the shopping centre where we lived and Emma Bunton was walking around shopping and she got a picture and I was like, I am fuming and I made it major. Mega, mega fuming. <laughs> I feel like I would never get the opportunity to meet Victoria th- these days because she is such like a prestigious fashion icon now. She was like the one that I didn't really relate to that much. So I feel like I don't miss her that much, which is, I know that is probably sacrilege, but I, I just feel like the others are so like camp that she's like, if they were each a type of gay, she is not my type of gay, like that fashiony, quiet, but stern gay. Like that's not my thing. I prefer like the campy ones. <laughs> Have you not seen the Spice Girls movie? Victoria was the standout in that movie. <laughs> I remember you quoting the Spice Girls movie on the main stage of RuPaul's Drag Race UK. (laughs) (laughs) I could not leave that main stage and not say to Jerry Hallowell Horner that I quote the Spice Girls movie on a daily, 24-7, 365, all the time. And what was the quote? My entrance line into the workroom of Drag Race was literally a Spice World movie reference when they're jumping the bridge, they're jumping Tower Bridge in the Union Jack double-decker, and Victoria puts her foot on the accelerator. She goes, hold on to your knickers, girls, because they're going to jump the bridge of Tower Bridge. <laughs> I love how passionate you were even telling that story. <laughs> I am passionate about Spice World the movie. It deserved Oscars, Emmys, awards, everything. Victoria needed an outstanding achievement award for that movie. It was iconic. What would you say your favourite, favourite Spice Girls song is and if you can't you're top two it has to be well I suppose like it has to be wannabe right but I love Spice Up Your Life yeah Spice Up Your Life see everybody's favorite is always wannabe because it is such an iconic hit but I have to say wannabe is probably my third favorite oh then what's your top two so Spice Up Your Life every boy and every girl Spice Up Your Life yeah and then Say You'll Be There oh yeah it's really good too it's like in my mix. So I know you saw them on their reunion tour. Have you seen them before that? Or were you still like an infant? I hadn't. I hadn't. And I, that's why I wanted to jump on the on the tickets as soon as they came became available. Because who knows when this kind of thing is going to happen. I can't wait to see them at 60 <laughs> doing a reunion tour again. Victoria will be like um, having like ice bath to preserve her skin or something. Yeah, she'll be like that sheet from Doctor Who that's just a face. Yes! <laughs> oh my goodness, the sheet. That's going to be Davina next year. We know that. We're going to be wheeling her out on stage. Oh yeah, like a head and like a glass face or something. Yeah, totally, I see it. Do you know what? I've got a very funny story about the time I saw the Spice Girls. So it, let's flash back to 1998 when they sold out Wembley um, Stadium. So my parents were like, he loves the Spice Girls. We're going to take him. So I had no clue that we were going until we arrived there. And they told my brother that we were going to a football match. <laughs> <laughs> and we were, actually, we were actually going to see the Spice Girls. And I remember we were sat in the high heavens. And I just remember living my best life. And I was just like, this is it. And I remember Mel C, she was like, I'm going to throw my T-shirt into the crowd. And I remember trying to catch it from like the back of the stadium in the high heavens in the nosebleeds. Oh. I remember my mum looking at me and going, I don't think you're going to get it, sweetie. <laughs> and I was like, oh. That is so cute. That just proves how supportive your parents have always been of you being a raging homosexual with a passion for girl groups. I mean, they were just feeding the addiction. It was like it was like dangling in front of my nose. You don't have to say say you'll be there to your parents because they will be apparently. Oh, that was very deep and meaningful. <laughs> <laughs> and we need to talk about your number one, which we all know what it is. It's the Frog Destroyers. No, <laughs> you, you can piss right. Off. No, I have to say my number one, and will always be my number one, will be Girls Aloud. Now I know this is probably gonna wind a lot of people up, but I don't care. Girls Aloud for a very long time were the number one selling girl band in the UK. Like, they outsold the Spice Girls. Did they? I didn't know that. They had the number one top 10 consecutive hits, and they had 21. 
Wow, that is crazy. This could be like a like a drinking game. Take a shot every time Blue doesn't know something about girl groups. Oh my god, you'd be on the floor within five minutes. <laughs> so I've seen Girls Aloud quite a few times. Um, I have always been obsessed with them. And I just remember when they came out on Popstars The Rivals in 2002. And on Christmas Day, they won with Sound of the Underground. And I, I just knew that they were going to... Because by this point, Spice Girls were R.I.P. They had disbanded, Holler had finished, they'd got their Lifetime Achievement Award at the Brits, and the market was ready for another girl group. And like at that time, it was just boy bands, boy bands, boy bands, boy bands, and Spice Girls. So they came in at the right time, and I think that's why they just took off so quickly. Yeah. They're also like very... um relatable and i feel like that always comes with girl bands but like you could relate to these girls because they were all like common as muck (laughs) weren't they they were just like from they were like from local towns um that people could relate to and and then they were like living the celebrity dream so it gave everyone like that little hope and honestly i have to say i went to see their reunion tour with my childhood best friend during the show to build up to the reunion show they had things flash back and it was like in 2002 girls aloud were formed and their careers took off and then they play a song from 2002 like i remember they played nelly and kelly Rowland dilemma and every every time like the next year would come up me and my friend would have an association with a girls aloud song from that so it's like i remember in 2005 when they released long hot summer I remember picking my best friend up from the airport when she got back from holiday and we came back. And you remember the good old days when you went to the shops and bought the CD? Yeah. I remember in the long, hot summer uh, CD, <laughs> they had a mocktail. So we made all the mocktails that were in that CD. And I remember sitting out there and playing that single on repeat. I'm almost sure that Long Hot Summer was another one that was on the... Um... The McDonald's toys. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Oh, stop it because you're making me miss McDonald's now. What is your favourite girls allowed song? If not, give me two because I think I have two as well. Oh God, I can't do two. Okay, so two of them are Sexy No No No. Okay. And then Untouchable. <laughs> oh my goodness. I have not even heard this song. You'll have to give me a few bars. I am not singing that song because <laughs> Nicola Roberts sings it to... To perfection. I feel like that era, so that was the out of control era in 2008. And that's when they started letting Nicola write some of the songs. <laughs> she writes for so many people. She's written a lot of songs for Cheryl during her solo career. Wow. That's a good contact to have. Well, girl, if I could sing, I would have people like Nicola writing my music for me. Absolutely. I think my two favorites are Sound of the Underground, again, because it just brings back memories of, like, childhood. It's nostalgia. And I love Promises. The Promise. <laughs> the Promise. The Vivian. The Mother. <laughs> the Promise. But, but that, was, that was the song that got them their first Brit Award. And they had not had a Brit Award for seven years. I don't even know what it is about it, because it's not, like, my normal genre of music. But it's just, just, like, camp and, like, cute. And you can just imagine, like, wearing a wee 60s dress doing it. One of my favourite moments in Girls Aloud history is Sarah Harding with that that one note on This Morning. Oh, I'm not the loving kind. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. They are another girl group with like lots of like meme moments. Oh, the entire documentary they did in 2005 was a meme. Is that the one with the Kiar? She's talking about a Kiar? Yeah. (laughs) arguing about the cars and then Cheryl being like so who looks like the dickhead not you when she got in a, a pissy mood in Australia because all the other girl group uh, members in the girl group were dressed from wardrobe and had their hair done and she got told to come in her own clothes oh no, <laughs> oh, no. so she comes out for her hotel room and she's like what the fuck everyone's looking glamorous and it's just Cheryl oh and then her manager's like you look gorgeous in that top and she's like well who looks like the dickhead not you (laughs) well now she is living and um doing her best life at the moment so 
she'll look back at that with fondness i'm sure they were formed 18 years ago and it makes me feel sick to my stomach because like we were so young when they were first formed and now i'm like god it's almost been 20 years that i'm praying they do a 2020 reunion and i'm involved somehow because that would be iconic they would have to get me on to be the nadine um lookalike if they got you as a cheryl date of birth 15th of the 685 my gemini what date of birth did i just give you nadine is like a national treasure in in northern ireland she's from here she is like our national treasure like whenever i went on drag race like she is like our gay icon of of northern ireland i remember when i saw her at v festival in 2008 and it was obviously an outdoor festival so you're gonna have like bugs and flies and she was trying to sing all the shots and this wasp was just flying around her i'll send you the link after this and she's like a wasp (laughs) (laughs) i'm not like a crazy fan like everybody expects me to be i'm just so appreciative of all their work and everything they've done that like people are like oh she's stalking cheryl again i'm like i've never stalked cheryl um i love how as soon as it got on the girls allowed it has been like your little bar of like voice note is like full-on chatting the whole time and mine is like silent (laughs) Because I'm just letting you have your girls allowed moment. (laughs) I have a passion for girls allowed. So I feel like it has come to the gradual end. (laughs) I just want to thank you for having me on your podcast. And as I said earlier, you are just like the hostess with the mostest. And this is you in your element. And I'm so proud of you. And I'm just happy to be a part of it. Oh, Blue, I adore you to peace. I honestly couldn't have done this first episode without you. Because here we are three hours later still talking shit and we're probably going to facetime each other after and talk some shit some more so thank you for coming on thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come talk some shit and gossip about some girl group because you know i love girl groups (laughs) i know you do i love you diva now let's break up bye bye now, Girl Group Gossip is available where all good diva podcasts are available. So make sure you like, subscribe, tune in, listen, and join in the party with us. So don't forget to join us next week for another Girl Group Gossip. Joining us is going to be fun. Yeah.